from the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice. To getting funding for companies that is founded by females. Can you also get, share some insight on what you think the role of VCs in funding? We understand that each uh, venture capital will also have certain strategies or focuses, but should there be a more conversation on starting to actively find and invest in women-led companies? And also, but also from, from the perspective that you shouldn't choose to invest. I mean, at the end of the day, these are all business decisions in a very competitive market. You shouldn't engage with someone or choose to invest in someone simply because of their gender that would be not correct in many respects i guess our where we're coming from should there be some new filters that are introduced uh, to how a vc would approach in um, identifying their potential portfolios yeah for sure i mean again i share that view where i don't believe that vcs should make a conscious decision to invest in only female-led founders uh female-led startups but at the same time I do see a lot of initiatives in the VC space um, kind of helping out in this particular issue. Um, and I think that's one of the benefits of being like a really early market, to be honest. Like we actually yeah. look into the U.S. and Silicon Valley, for example, um, and, and there has been a, kind of like a shortage of, of investments made in female-led startups in the U.S., um, there's not a lot of VCs historically in the U.S. that are also female. There's still a lack of partners. Um, in DC as well uh, that are female. So we've been looking into that market and kind of trying to fix that problem before it actually becomes a problem. And what that Mm -hmm. translates to is, you know, actually having a female kind of driven DC space, like in Indonesia, where it's, it's, I think it's more than 50% now are women. Um, But for us to actually still have what we call SheVC, which is basically a group of uh, female VCs in, in, Mm -hmm. in the region kind of talking together, talking about issues like this, seeing how we can actually help out in, in that aspect. Um, and some of them actually go about and creating their own venture funds that do particularly invest in women. Uh, a couple of names that I'm familiar of is Her Capital in Singapore um, that, that actually just raised, SoGal in Singapore that also just raised for, for, um, from what I understand. And I think these kind of initiatives are really, really important just to attract more like women in the in the space, making them comfortable, making them feel like they're not a novelty for being uh, a female founder in the space. But generally speaking, um, basically, and this this really boils down to what I actually do and how I think I can help is supporting through mentorship, which is something that you know mm. I, I I kind of do a lot of. I try to make up the time for that, and I think a lot of people in the industry does that as well where it's a mentorship of, you know, just giving feedback, even if there's no investment angle, just trying to make kind of the, the space and the, the network better, fostering the ecosystem, making sure that everyone gets um, access that they need, that they can actually get all of the support that they can, introducing people to people, um, but also spending the time to speak with under the radar startups. Um, and I think this is, this is a great tip that I learned while working in, a, in an early stage fund in Ventura, um, where you have to take the time to really dig things out and go to people that you haven't even quit the unicorns, asking them if they're interested to build a startup, you know, proactively fostering 
you know, that entrepreneurial uh, spirit in, in, in some of them, especially for people who have a lot of experience in the space, are experts in certain fields. Um, and we actually took the time to call up a couple of, uh, a couple of really kind of like famous quote unquote uh, unicorn guys to, to basically mm. offer them like, hey, you know, do you think being a founder is something that you want to do? We would love to back you. Like, what if you go into this space and things like that? So, so really kind of fostering the ecosystem, which I know a lot of VC already does, it really helps. Yeah, I think, I mean, just, I think this ties perfectly with your um, earlier points, right? We personally also have seen uh, these sort of uh, women-specific funds being established all over the world. And it's good to hear that um, the region is also starting to uh, pick, that, pick up on that as well. But I think it, it, I think it goes back to our earlier conversations and how at the end of the day, there's no real barrier to entry. I mean, we understand, we, I think we've established now that the numbers are low right now, whether in this region or in other, in other even more developed markets. Uh, but there's no real barrier to entry. I think it's a matter of just normalizing females being founders. Uh, I think that this, this probably for some, for a lot of people, people are still trying to catch up. Even women themselves are still trying to catch up to the idea of them being um, entrepreneurial or um, you know taking ownership of or taking on their ideas that they have um, so I think it's just a matter of normalizing and fostering an ecosystem where people will feel that well firstly they will feel welcomed um, but even if they're not welcome but there's no real barrier or there's no real reason of them to feel intimidated or um, stuff like that right because at, at the end of the day we're everyone's just competing uh, with everyone else. Yeah, for sure. And actually, so interestingly enough, I, I read a study that was done by um, HBS where they actually tallied the historical performance of public market stocks where there are kind of female board members or there are female leaders in the company. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is even though there is no financial difference, there is a chance that the stock market price might drop for those companies once they announce that they have a female founder or a female leader mm -hmm. in that company. And I was like, okay, so this is, this is interesting because there's, there's actually no difference in terms of performance. So what it really boils down is the fact that these women, when they are kind of um, promoted to certain positions, when they join the board, um, they are kind of portrayed through the media as, you know, a female CEO or uh, a woman board member from XYZ. So it still heavily underlines their gender. Right, exactly. So then their expertise. So it, for a lot of shareholders, they feel like this is kind of like a social issue and they're just there because yeah. of these, this social kind of um, requirement from the, the network that we have today, but it's less strategic. So I think, you know, even when I, I feel like those initiatives, initiatives are great, bringing about light that these women are employed in tech, not because of her gender, but because of her expertise in the field is also really, really important. Yeah, I think, I think it's a classic debate of whether when, when you say someone is a female something or it's part of a woman something, there's always that label that... Um, it's a charity. Yeah, yeah, why it was established is probably because uh, there is a bit of a 
you know, a leg up that you need for women to uh, to uh, thrive in this in, in these sort of things. But again, I think from the perspective of the females too, sometimes I mean, if you're a CEO, of course you just want to be called a CEO, right? You don't want to be called a female CEO. Um, this is a really important thing and has increasingly been been a focus in our organization as well. So Rossi probably has something. Yeah. So here at uh, ANO, actually, we have an internal initiative. Uh, it's called the Women's Network, the Jakarta's Women Network. And we essentially, we provide a platform to discuss uh, and help address issues that uh, may affect women at all stages of their career at A&O. So from juniors to support staff to uh, seniors as well. Um, it just essentially provides a safe space for them to share and also support one another. So, and again, yeah. I mean, just going, I mean... Again, so I think a lot of the things that we talked about is how, at the end of the day, it'll come, it all comes back to the environment and the ecosystem, right? Um, mm-hmm. And in certain cases, some women, for better or worse, probably needs a, a, a more of a boost uh, to go into spaces that they weren't previously, previously part of. Uh, so here at um, GNR, and it's, it's part of a global initiative as well, other offices has that too, we have this... Um, this network of platform where we're just trying to foster a, a space for the women to show their aspirations, professional aspirations. It's not a, it's not a chat, uh, it's not a chat group, but their professional aspirations within the organization um, and what they actually want to get out of their careers. Because sometimes, probably women don't express express what they want out of their careers or out of their ideas. Um, they don't probably express it as better as their male counterparts. That's probably generalization, but I think that's that's probably where we're coming from when we did this because we realized that there is a lot of um, female talents in the office or in the organization, and we just want to make sure that those reasons that we talked about at the beginning about how tradition, culture, stuff like that wouldn't uh, hinder them from um, reaching their goals um, in the organization as well. And also, can I just say how it is important for us to also include a male in this conversation for this particular podcast. Uh, so, Bagus, men should be part of the conversation. Present. <laughs> um, they, they, they make up half of, um, you know, I mean, without really going into the binary, because that's a whole other discussion, but they make up half of the, um, of the decisions that, um, that impact our lives uh, or even more than, more, more than that. So I think it is very important for, for a male perspective to be part of the conversation because it's not, it's a, it's a women based issue, but it's not really just a women's issue. I think the very nature of startups or um, these side of companies are there, they, um, they disrupt, right? They, they, they bring in new ideas to the market. Uh, so I think getting as much as perspective as possible uh, would be very helpful. I think especially for, for men, I, it's less about kind of getting them into this agenda. Because um, I think what the, one of the many benefits of, of actually being in the tech industry is because it's so, I, I guess it really looks forward to Silicon Valley and how things have been done in the U.S. A lot of, a lot of people are more kind of open-minded. Um, you know, they, they understand the importance of having women in the industry, uh, of being diverse as a company, and they understand that. But to have a consciousness in their mind to portray women a certain way as experts rather than just as a charity case. Um, as, as, you know, just having that kind of presenting them in a general neutral way that really emphasize on what they're able to do is, is really important as well. So it's, it's not just representation and kind of echoing between women, but also having a male role is really, really important. 
as well. Yeah, if I can just add to that, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely grateful to be included in this conversation uh, <laughs> because as a cis male person uh, in the industry that interacts heavily with the tech scene, I think one of the issues is education. I think we need to understand that if we want people to succeed and especially not treating the, our female counterparts as a charity case or novelty, we need to make sure that we have a game plan. And I think every organization has to start thinking about making uh, inclusivity as a long-term strategy because there's a lot of changes that has to be done. When you talk about inclusivity, it's no longer about the tech scene or the startup industry. It's, it has to happen everywhere. Uh, me and my, my friends, my, my dudes, my guys, <laughs> we need to understand that we have a we have a big work to do. Uh, one of them is uh, allowing spaces for people to be treated equally and be provided with equal opportunities. Yeah, I think part of your heavy task and also ours probably um, is you know trying to take as much men as possible in the conversation along the way right you, you have a particularly important role in this sector and I think the more we can come to a place where it's normalized or where there are sometimes bias is such a loaded word I wouldn't say bias but for all intents and purposes when we just try to normalize things and get rid of the invisible bias, if you will, uh, of seeing a woman coming into the tech space as a leader, as a founder, or as a VC, uh, uh, as a VC founder as well. It, it all comes down to conversations, just being more sensitive to the nuances in every given situation. So when you look at a number, you won't just say, well, there's, there was only 10 women who was up in the running for the, for the funding. It's probably more of a conversation of why there is only 10 women. Um, yeah, and if you exactly. see that it's probably, if it's a, result of education or uh, culture are there ways tangible ways where people are actively trying to accelerate that process where um women just can get there faster to be honest um, yeah and just having having conversations like this internally in both the company for vcs for startups is also really important um because for at least from from my perspective when when people work in a very fast-paced highly packed kind of space like law firms like bc like startups where you work almost constantly sometimes you don't have the time to actually look into like what's happening in the world and yeah. kind of getting everyone to that space where everyone knows what's going on and what you need to do is also really important so like having this kind of conversation just casually uh with, with your team members or even like um consciously as an event for for the company internally it's it's, it's also really important um and it then kind of eliminates that question of, huh, is this really happening? Are women actually be being discriminated? But it goes into a more proactive kind of, okay, how can we help? Yeah, I, mean, I think Bagus was about to say something, but also I think when something, uh, going back to how you categorize an issue, right? So when I think, I feel like sometimes, I mean, where we're doing this initiative as well in our office, um, and also we're doing it outside in our circles, but as I think sometimes when you classify something as a women issue, um people will think it's the it's the, the women would take care of it um and people will think yeah, that it sure. is not our problem if you're if you're not in that group people won't necessarily think that it's their problem um or they would think it was more, i i agree i think you said that it would that people would see it more as a social issue instead of a a larger economical structural issue right so when people say social issue sometimes well that's not really my cause 
but it's not really a, a social cause. It is a part of how we can get to a place where there's just a lot of ideas um, out there and there's just a lot of um, investment in these ideas. So I think sometimes when you say, and it, it'll be interesting to continue this conversation well, when you said that there are more women-based or women-specific uh, fundraisings going on, it'll be interesting how to see how people will market these events or these uh, funds and how to brand them. It, it is, they would they say it's a women-specific thing because sometimes when you, we see someone being a women-specific thing or a minority-specific thing, people will immediately think of it as a social cause instead of a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the, 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 the way we name things as well and also how we present things as well uh, would also be really important. Uh, you as, as in your role as a DC or us or whoever it is that is trying to make some movements or shifts in this issue, issue um, the way we, we approach things or we present things um, is not from a silo women are repressed perspective. They're not. We are not. I think for, I mean, I, I can say I, I don't think it is that environment. It is that kind of environment. But I think it's more of a, um, what can we get out more from the women? Because we do know that there are these insightful uh, contributions or inputs, but how can we tap into that more and just try to figure out the issues? Right, right. I mean, can you just say that you guys should not ever feel repressed? Because they're yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and also I feel like sometimes when we try to like talk about women stuff, probably people would assume that we come at it from a perspective of oh, we're being discriminated or or we're repressed. We are right, we're not right, we're right, just yeah. saying that there's just a lot of ideas out there, but they're not necessarily tapped into. It doesn't come from we. Yeah, we need help. It's not really that. It's just a matter of it to be better. And I think how we can make it better is to reach as much as ideas as possible, right? Totally. Yeah, right. So, okay, this has been such an amazing uh, discussion, honestly. <laughs> just to get back a little bit on the tech scene, do you think it is important for more women to be in the tech scene? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that it is important for more women to be in leading positions in tech. Um, but it's not necessarily just women, in, in my opinion. I think it should be diversity mm-hmm. across the board. So what does that mean? It, it, it's not only gender, it's also, you know, social economic backgrounds, yeah. um, sexual orientation, race, you know, it's, it should be diverse in, in all sorts of, of, of ways. So from, from the studies that I've actually read, it's not necessarily different um, where uh, an institution is is led by women or institution led by men. And in terms of your performance, there's not a lot of difference. But what makes a difference is when you are in a board where the board in itself has the nature of, you know, it the, the, the point of having a board is having multiple people with different perspectives and ideas to think of a solution together and therefore create uh, a better decision making. In order for that board to not be an echo chamber, there should be a diversity across the members of the board for them to actually have a productive conversation. And I guess if you've been looking into a certain issue from just one angle, then definitely you will all get like, you know, one answer and that's just it. But if you have a dynamic company, especially as startups, if you're in a dynamic field and you're, if you're in an ever-changing industry, then having that ability to make fast decision-making is really important. So when you have a diverse board member, their different members with their different experiences will be able to kind of pinpoint different issues in a specific, uh, I guess, uh, you know, condition or in a specific problem that then allows for all of these kind of perspectives to be considered and therefore make a better decision-making, a more well-rounded 
decision making. So having that kind of um, cognitive diversity in a board is really, really important. And all of which, so the members should be diverse and all of which should be in um, leading positions where, are, where they are actually making the decisions for the company, not just members of the company in itself that have no say, but all of these diverse members need to be in a, in a decision-making position that therefore can make a change for the company. And that's where the benefits of diversity would actually come and play out. Okay, so maybe before we close the session, um, do you have any advice or key takeaways that you have for our listeners, uh, especially our listeners who are women in the uh, technology industry? Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, from my perspective, it's not, you know, getting a 50-50 male to female ratio in all aspects, but just the best person should lead the company regardless of their gender, their race, their sexual orientation, and et cetera. So I think, especially as a capitalist, that is that should be the priority of every company within the tech scene and outside. So in order for us to kind of do that, then kind of welcoming more diversity into the industry would help kind of realize that angle and kind of having the, the best people to lead. Yeah. So, I mean, this has been really uh, enlightening for us. Definitely. Andrew. So I, I mean, we started with a problem in our head. We, we see, we saw where something was lacking, but like, I mean, from our discussion, we are realizing that it's not really you know, I think we, we've, we've managed to end it on a more optimistic scale and tone. I think from all fronts across the board, people are realizing this is, a, is something to be addressed. And women themselves and, and everyone is, um, is starting to work towards a more open um, ecosystem for just more um, ideas to participate, right? So yeah, thank you so much, Andrea. I think this has been super enlightening. As part of the GNR Airtime, um, we're kind of doing uh, some series where probably in the future, We'll also be talking about um, some women issues. Again, probably not women issues, but issues that relate to women because we don't want to brand it as a, as a social cause. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, <laughs> but so we're probably going to be um, doing some more of these series, and we hope we can talk to you again sometime about this. This, this has been really helpful and really insightful. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, it's, we it's should. Definitely a productive conversation with you guys. Thank you so much, everyone. All right, thank you. Thank you so much, guys.